welcome to my show. My guest is an American artist, Elaine Sahar. Elaine loves to portray divine feminine in her watercolor paintings. As she keeps growing as an artist, Elaine wants to uplift women, painting the divine beauty of who she is. She took part in numerous national and international exhibitions, and her work has been shown at the National Arts Club in New York, the Samagandhi Club, the Vasa Museum of Contemporary Art. Elaine is a lovely human being, and I'm happy to share her wisdom in this uh, video podcast. Well, welcome to my show. Thank you for asking me to be a part of it. Sure. Elaine, please share your experience studying art in college. What was it like? What did you feel? What did you gain from your experience? My original exposure to art education was pre-college. I was fortunate enough to study with um, an artist outside of New York, And so I had most of my basic art training uh, through her. I learned how to do all of the basics of color theory, of mixing, of being exposed to different medias. And she made us go through an entire year of practicing in different mediums. And after that, we could, um, we could focus on what we wanted to. And my intent at that time was to create a portfolio and go to art school in New York. That was my dream from the time I was a little girl. And that was not to happen for various and sundry reasons that I will not divert the conversation at this time. I started my formal art education at university at the University of Maryland. And my first semester there, I took a sculpture course. And uh, right away, I felt like a stranger in a strange land because at the premise when I was first studying art formally, in a university setting, there was not a concept of portraiture or figurative art. It was very much contemporary and abstract, which was not anything I was ever really interested in doing. So when the instructor gave us a block of plaster and he said, create an abstract sculpture for the first time, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't really understand how to go about that. And I was very unhappy Uh, during my time at university. So I discontinued my art studies at that time. And after I graduated from college, which was a very tumultuous time for me, because I had never prepared myself for anything but being in the art world. Um, I did go, I did complete a certificate of fine arts from the Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore, Maryland. And I did that part-time I was able to get a portfolio waived of two years of courses. So over a period of years through evening courses and weekend courses and seminars, I was able to complete my certificate in fine arts from MICA, as it's known. And now I live outside of Philadelphia and I continue my studies at the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, primarily in watercolor. And I also study privately with a couple of people. Mm-hmm. So um, to To answer your question about what it, what was the difference, uh, the university education, which was never my first choice, was 
a much broader focus. I always wanted a more atelier type of a setting where the whole world was about drawing and painting and sculpture and portraiture and anatomy and really uh, learning about different mediums. And I found that the university setting was not able to offer that. So it left me feeling very disappointed when I went to art school, both in Baltimore and outside and in Philadelphia for the first time, I felt I was really getting what, what I needed, what, um, what I really needed to learn the skills to begin my journey as an artist. We get encouragement or we get discouraged uh, when we uh, start working on our creative pursuits. And um, I'd like for you to share your experience from the family perspective. Did you get uh, the support that you needed to pursue your art degree or you found it very difficult to, to become an artist? And how do you think it affected your overall uh, career as an artist? Uh, do you think it took you longer to find yourself? How supportive was your family in this regard? Uh, not at all. As a matter of fact, I, I was told flat out that um, I couldn't make a living as an artist, that it wasn't practical that it was something nice to do on the side, but I got virtually no support from my family to support a career in painting. So because of that, I had to do it myself. And did it, did it take me longer? I mean, absolutely. I'm still on my journey, but I like to believe um, that there was a reason why I took this circuitous route. And I have to believe that, that there is a reason why it, it took me longer and it took me a non-traditional way of living it and creating it for myself. Um, so the passion never died in me. And I think the important takeaway and the important lesson that I learned is that I never stopped believing in myself and I found a way to make it happen for me. And I think that's really the more important thing that I, I like to, that I've learned from this journey. What did you do after your graduation from the university? Mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. what day job did you get? Um, well, when I, it was interesting. So after, when I was floundering around in college, um, I started experimenting with other art forms. I went and I explored other areas, theater, dance, music, Art went on the back burner for a while. I was very disappointed. I was very discouraged. And I felt uh, at that point, I did not have a lot of confidence in myself. In terms of my art ability, I'd felt beaten down because mm -hmm. I, I hadn't gotten support. Uh, I was disappointed with going to university. So at that point, I started to pursue some other avenues and, and dabbled in some other areas. So I, I graduated with a degree finally, although it took me a long time. And then I went, believe it or not, my, so my first venue outside of college was playing piano in uh, downtown bar. And I, I actually loved that. That was, that was really fun. And then I proceeded to get a J-O-B. I was in the corporate world uh, for most of my career. But during that time, 
I was old. That's when I went to art school. That's when I earned my certificate in fine arts. That's when I was always, all of my vacation time, I was taking seminars. I was going on art workshops. So all of this time, I felt like I was living two lives because I was living this one very left brain life to make money, to support myself. What did you do exactly? Was it like in corporate? Yes, I was in corporate. I did a number of things in corporate, but uh, my last 15 years, I was a trainer. So I would, I created a training program for onboarding new hires uh, in North and South America. And I really, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, but it was very technical. I was in the pharmaceutical industry and it was very technical and very, very foreign from how I naturally wanted to be in the world. But I found that it was a necessary avenue and a necessary venue to do what I had to do to manage the other parts of my life that I loved. Let's talk about your painting. First of all, you do um, watercolor painting. I'd like to know what you find exciting about watercolor painting. Why not oil painting or acrylics or even drawing what do you find so um, exciting about watercolor painting well first let me say I love drawing I think I might even like drawing more than painting so (laughs) drawing is uh, something that has always been inspiring to me and will be inspiring to me I am sure for the rest of my life because as far as I'm concerned if you don't have a good grasp on drawing I don't know how you can expect to be a good painter right it's it's the you know as we know it's the bones right Mm -hmm. it's the bones of of whatever medium we choose to add to it so I had painted oil for many many years and I loved painting in oil Mm -hmm. I decided to move away from oil into watercolor first and foremost I think because I love the translucent quality of layering Mm-hmm. glazes of watercolor on top of each other and it gives almost um uh, a mystical shimmery effect where i found it cannot be achieved with oil so that was part of the reason and secondly i got really tired practically of waiting for oils to dry and varnishing <laughs> and the smell of the oils and i just got really impatient with it. And I said, I want something that I, a medium that I can work in where I can just use a hairdryer or let it dry. And, and then I can, you know, put another layer on top of it. So it was uh, very practically just easier mm-hmm. to work with. Although sometimes I wonder because it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. So sometimes I wonder why I chose this path because it certainly is is not one that's that's easy to excel in. So the female figure is central to your art, and um, I'd like to know what the female figure represents in your painting. If there is a symbolic meaning to your paintings, if you could tell me more about that. Absolutely. So I think that to get an understanding of why I paint the female figure. Can I read my artist statement? Because I think that summarizes. So, okay. So the way I would describe myself is that I am a figurative figurative watercolor painter whose aesthetic depicts the female figure in the natural world 
where the mood is romantic and the women are portrayed as ardent poetic beings who evoke the soulful side of femininity. My work portrays the relationship between nature and something more mystical. So I think that really sums up what I'm trying to say in my painting. Uh, I like to focus on the idea, as I know you do also, Veronica, the divine feminine, the divine goddess, that side, that strength that women have, that's very, of course, unique to being female. I want to paint to express the divine feminine, that soulful side of women, that deep, deep soulful side that tie with nature, tie with our higher selves and accessing our emotions and not being afraid to show them. So how do you express that spiritual side of the feminine in your art? What, what do you do exactly to express it? It's, you know, I don't know how I can really put it into words. I have certain ideas in my mind of what represent higher consciousness or goddess type of symbology. And I first picture it in my mind. And then I do photo shoots with my models mm -hmm. and I supply drapes and props. I give them homework actually before we work together. And I ask them to look at certain paintings to get an idea of what I'm trying to express in the photo shoot. Mm -hmm. So we work together kind of organically and we're able to create that. And from there, I'm, I take it on and paint it on the paper. So where do you find your models? How do you choose them? Oh, this is actually kind of funny. <laughs> I love redheads. I've always loved redheads. <laughs> and just like the pre-Raphaelites found Lizzie Siddle in a hat shop, mm -hmm. I found one of my favorite models in my hair salon. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she, I, she's, um, well, you'll you see her in, in, a large number of my paintings. She's got red curly hair. Mm -hmm. And I just always thought she was absolutely stunning. So I, I approached her one day and um, introduced myself and asked if she would be interested in modeling for me. Mm -hmm. And that was three years ago. And from that, it has expanded to include some of her friends. And it's, it's really phenomenal how our relationship has grown and how we've gotten to know one another and how uh, working together has gotten more refined mm -hmm. over time. So it's, it's been a wonderful experience for all of us. And then Liz brought some of her friends and it, it just sort of evolved from that. How do you express the divine nature of, of women in your art, what, what exactly do you do to suggest it? Many, if not most of my paintings are women in nature because I feel that's where the divine feminine has a direct connection. Mm -hmm. So most of my paintings are women in nature, in trees, in grass, in water, uh, connecting with the natural world. And mm -hmm. so I would say that is one way how I portray that aspect. And I think it's also in expressions 
moments, glimpses, sort of that are more candid, you know, where it is, where there's just a look a certain way and you can see a woman's soul in it. And so that's, that's what I try to capture in my photos and try to transfer that onto the paper. Who or maybe what influences your art the most? Mm, Uh, Do you have your favorite artists or maybe uh, music or Mm. anything else? Oh, yes, of course. Of course. I'm inspired by everything. (laughs) Actually, I'm inspired by sitting in my backyard and watching the birds eat out of the bird feeder. Mm -hmm. I, I take walks in gardens and nature constantly. That's one of my favorite things to do to get inspired um, because I find that I don't need to look any further than really outside my back door being in nature um, to really help solidify and and, uh, make me feel like I want to create art. From an artistic perspective, I would say the pre-Raphaelites, I love Waterhouse, Vern Jones are two of my favorite painters. From a contemporary standpoint, I love Margaret Boland's paintings. Her paintings mm-hmm. are very bold and emotional. And I think that's also an important quality that I like to portray in uh, my paintings. From a music standpoint, it's interesting when I'm in my studio, sometimes I want total quiet. Mm-hmm. And other times if I have music on, I find I love Brian Eno music due to radio, more ethereal sort of ambient type music because then I'm not focusing on listening to the music. It, it just sort of um, helps raise my vibrational frequency and helps me channel what's going on. And you live in Philadelphia, right? I live in a suburb of Philadelphia. In a su- suburb. Um, yes. So does the scenery affect your creative juices at all ah, oh you couldn't have asked me the more i could talk about that for probably an hour so we i won't do that but <laughs> absolutely it does and my environment um my my house is literally my castle so everything in my house my trees that i've planted outside the shrubs that i've planted um the flowers that i plant the world that i have created in my backyard and inside my home are extremely influential in how I feel about myself, how I feel about my world, because I have created a world in which I thrive. So the aesthetics, my aesthetics, it's, um, I look around and everything I see is inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely integral. I'm one of those people who, who is very happy being in their home. And I, this pandemic where it's been so difficult for many people has, thank goodness, I'm fortunate, has not really affected me. As a matter of fact, I've loved the solitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't really change my day-to-day experience that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I missed certain things like going out, like going to the gym and stuff, but as artists, we spend most of our time in our studios, so it wasn't that much of a change mm-hmm. for me. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I can understand. As artists, we have um, certain goals. I'd like to know what you want to accomplish as an artist. What's your 
end goal? Like, where do you want to take your painting? Um, you know, it, it's so interesting because depending upon when you ask me this question, I would probably have a, a different answer because I, as, as most artists, we realize it's a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. That's certainly how I see what it is for me. So I can say, oh, gee, I'd like to be in a museum. Yes, I want to sell my artwork. Um, I'd like to be published, et cetera, et cetera. But I think from a very basic standpoint, really what I'd like to do is I'd like to uplift other women. Mm -hmm. That's really what I want my end game to be. I can, not my end game, my end goal to be. I can see from working with my models how it has transformed their self-confidence and their images of themselves. And they've been very candid with me about how that has changed them. And it's, it's brought me to my knees. It's very humbling. And I would like to be able to have that effect on women because I think we spend so much time um, worrying about this or that, or, you know, do we look okay? Is everything all right? I want women to feel empowered when they look at my paintings and say, I'm absolutely okay as is. And we are all goddesses and we just need to understand how to carry ourselves that way and how to believe that about ourselves. So that's really what I would like for my end result mm -hmm. to be. If I can, because I do believe we're all connected. We're all one. And if I can help elevate that sense of womanhood and personal empowerment, then I feel that I will have accomplished what I want. So how do you uh, overcome negative self-talk if you have any? Uh, like as uh, women, we often penalize ourselves for something that goes wrong do you have anything like that in your mind how do you d describe yourself are you an optimist well I believe in the law of attraction and what's and, that exactly for you yeah so so the premise of the law of attraction um, simplistically is you attract what you believe your reality is so thought is energy And if your thoughts are positive and dynamic versus self-doubt, I believe you will attract what you think. So my, my answer, my, I guess part of my comment is, do I have self-doubt? Absolutely. But I don't let it linger in my thoughts. So by understanding the law of attraction, thinking positively, working hard, believing in yourself, trusting your higher power, your, your consciousness. Mm -hmm. If you can believe in that and believe that you can channel that and create something very special that is unique to you, I believe you're going to get positive energy flowing back to you. And conversely, If you believe just the opposite, that's what you're going to attract. And I, you know, I've lived that for many years and um, I know that is the truth for me.
So did your beliefs change over time? Like, uh, did you believe the same things, say, when you went to university? For the- no, of course no. not. Of course okay, not. Okay, so how did you arrive at, at your current mm-hmm. set of beliefs? Um, it's all been part of my journey, Veronica. And Well, I'd like to hear about that. Oh, like your... Uh- <laughs> In the in the early part of my life, I had nothing but disappointment, and I felt that nothing was working for me, and I was never going to get what I wanted out of life, and I felt like every day was sort of an uphill struggle, mm-hmm. until I sort of self-imploded, and I started doing a lot of reading, and... Um, a lot of internal work. So journaling, reading. Um, I'm not a religious person, but I am a spiritual person praying, accessing my inner core, what I consider my higher consciousness, my God self within me. And the more I could understand what that meant, and the more I could understand the power that that has, the easier it was for me to access it. But it took daily practice for many years so Mm -hmm. you've heard the term fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. i felt in the beginning that's what i was doing Mm -hmm. you know like oh i don't know if any of this is going to work or or if any of this is true so it was a little bit of fake it till you make it and once i was able to internalize this belief system and trusting in my higher power can I, I, I was just sort of on a train of thought mm-hmm. from your last comment about saying, well, you're obviously an optimist. And mm-hmm. again, this has taken a lot of years and a lot of training, but what I've come to understand is that if I don't believe in myself, how can I expect anyone else to? Mm-hmm. Got, it's got to start with us, me, you, the heart center. It's got to start there. And it's got to start with believing we're good enough and feeling we're good enough from the inside out. That's what I believe. And if we can understand that we all, we all have, uh, we're really a soul with a body. That's what I believe. And once we tap into our soul, our higher consciousness and stop worrying about all of the other stuff that most of us let ourselves consume our lives with. Mm -hmm. That's when you uh, tap into your uniqueness and for lack of a better word, your God center, and you can really channel at your highest level. That's really what I believe. that's, That's what I do. Okay, so how did you find that inner strength um, to believe in yourself? Because usually if uh, there is no support uh, in the family, uh, you, you find yourself uh, feeling very weak. Yeah. And um, it takes a very long time to recover from that. Did you have any friends who helped you in any way? Of course. I I would never be so egotistical to say, oh, well, I did it all myself. I think I did it primarily my, myself because it's my life force. It is my life force. Um, and I can't not do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried to put it on a back burner for a while and doesn't work. Uh, 
yes, I have been very fortunate to have the support of friends and my instructors, bless them all, for they have really helped encourage me and um, work through a lot of technical and I would think to some degree, some emotional things. So it's a collective effort, Veronica, friends, loved ones, instructors, but it's got to start inside. It's got to start with us believing in ourselves, us believing that we have a message that we don't need to compare ourselves to anyone else. Just be the best that you can be and let your, let your own uh, light shine. Obviously, you talk about change and how you changed over the years. Yes. Um, did it um, change your relationship with your family in any way? Do you feel closer to your family now? Or do you think it's the same or maybe even worse? Um, well, I, I was always close to my family. I mean, regardless of, of what, what I felt... Uh, that they did or did not support me artistically. I always loved them because I knew that in their heart, they felt that they were doing the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I never, I always loved them and I always felt close to them and they gave me many gifts and uh, you know, this wasn't a passion for them. And I think they had, they were depression error parents and um, their focus was very different. So I'm not judging that. I have always felt close with my family. Unfortunately, both of my parents are gone. Mm -hmm. And I have an identical twin sister who I am very close with. And we have been close forever, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that relationship stays very strong. The more mature I get, the more I realize it's nice to have support, but it, it doesn't matter doesn't matter because I believe in me and that is so strong. Mm -hmm. I believe in me uh, to what end point where it takes me. Um, I just want to be the best version of myself that I can be. I think parents don't want children to go to, you know, to pursue art degree because they worry about the financial uh, stability and um, that's the main reason or concern why you know parents don't want children to pursue creative profession what do you say to that do, do you think that it's better for parents to be conservative and to protect their children um, from pursuing the artistic profession or do you think it's best to give them tools to uh, be creative and decide for themselves if it's worth taking the risk. Yeah, I, I can I can see it from both perspectives, actually. I mean, I understand uh, money was always an issue in my family. And so I can understand my parents uh, being very concerned about that for me. And they, they, they did their best. They wanted to protect me. Um, that had dire consequences for me in terms of um, emotionally and psychologically, what I had, what I dealt with and what I had to do to find my own way. But I say, 
maybe that was part of my life journey that I, I wasn't going to go the traditional route that I went a very circuitous route and that I also learned other skills that I would have not had Mm -hmm. had I taken the more traditional route. So I don't really feel that there is a right or a wrong. It's, it is obviously it's a very difficult path to pursue and from a financial standpoint, so I, I don't know if it was right or if it's wrong. I would like to say when I talk to some of my friends and they say, oh, my parents let me do whatever I want and I could go, I could have gone to art school. You know, there's a part of me that feels a little nostalgic, like, wow, I wish I could have had that time of my life where I could have really just embraced, <clears throat> excuse me, embraced my passion and been in that environment and allowed myself to explore that maybe I wouldn't have had to go through all of the sadness and disappointment and frustration that I went through. But at the same time, I try not to speculate because I believe that my life um, is evolving exactly as it should. And maybe had I gone the more traditional route, I would not be where I am today Mm -hmm. because what I'm painting today and through my life experiences as they are have been shaped by what has happened to me. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel when you paint? Ah, I see you have a friend behind you. Oh yeah. I, (laughs) I have six. Six. Wow. That's, that's a lot. I'm not allowed in the shelters anymore. Um, I'm the happiest. I'll say, I'll say that um, I am definitely my happiest when I'm, I'm sitting and painting. Uh, What do I feel? I feel, I I feel that I'm a channel. I feel that I am uh, a vehicle through which uh, I would like to think divine energy flows through and helps me create the imagery. Um, Before I paint, Every day I sit quietly and I breathe and um, I ask for assistance. And I really believe that you, if you want to call it my higher consciousness, uh, my, I try to raise my vibration by just focusing on doing the best work that I can do at the highest level for the good of all. And let it rest at that. So I guess when you ask me that question, I would say for the most part, when I'm in my studio, I feel very serene. Um, I let go of control and I really just kind of give it up to being assisted. Now, if you say, how do I feel when I'm taking workshops or classes or I'm learning a new technique or um, I'm struggling, I feel frustrated and confused and, you know, sometimes question why, why I do this. So it's not like it's always easy for me, but because I still feel a lot of frustration and I still feel that on the spectrum, I have a lot to learn and a ways to go. But I'm okay with where I am right now because I, I trust that's where I should be and I'm just going to stick with it and continue to evolve and continue to mature and continue to grow and, and see what avenues that takes me. Is your twin sister an artist too or no? She is. We, we had very different lifestyles. My sister, uh, my identical twin sister, um, got married at a younger age and had a family and so 
her energy was really caught up with raising a family and working full time. Mm -hmm. I do not have children. So I was able to go to art school. I was able to focus a little bit more on those areas of my life. But yes, she is a painter and she now has the capability to paint and focus more of her energy on that. And she's a beautiful painter. Mm -hmm. So do you find inspiration just talking to each other or? Of course, of course. Absolutely. Uh, and I think part of that is that we know each other so well and we know each other's journey and we know uh, how far we've come and, and how much we've learned and, and uh, what our belief system is. And my sister believes very much in the same capacity that I do. Mm -hmm. It's lovely to be able to have her. I feel um, very blessed. Uh, in your art, um, sometimes you have one figure and other times you have multiple figures. Um, is there a different, like, is there a significance to that? I think it just depends on what I want to portray. I, I can think of one of my favorite paintings titled Cloud Gazers, where I have three women. It was in my backyard and my three models all laid down head to head looking up at the sky. Mm -hmm. And to create that effect, um, I felt like I needed three figures. So it just depends on what type of imagery I want to, what, what type of emotion I want to portray. I plan to do a series on twins. So I'll be doing a whole series of two women in a painting. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, it's less about how many women are in the painting versus um what emotion do I want to express? And what emotions do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, all, all the empowering stuff, all the good stuff. All the know. good stuff. <laughs> all the good stuff. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound great? All the good stuff. Um, that, that, uh, that we're, we are good enough as is we're all beautiful we are all divine goddesses and we need to find our own way of expressing it mm -hmm. and believing in ourselves that's that's what i want to portray i want every woman to be able to not have self-doubt and to believe in herself and in the beauty of who she is and not stop comparing ourselves to what the industry feels we should be i just uh feel that's so toxic so that's what I, that's what I want to portray. I want to portray that divine feminine, that strength within that we can really all believe that we're beautiful and we're unique and we're here for a very special purpose. That's, and that we're really all connected. Mm -hmm. I think if um, those are all of the emotions I want to convey. So I want to convey strength of womanhood in the, in through the divine feminine and convey how powerful that is okay um, is that an answer? yeah yeah it's a very good answer um okay. my next question actually arises from from this answer there is a lot of art that has been created over centuries and so uh certain elements become beaten down and almost look like stereotypes or cliche mm -hmm. um how do you find new ways of uh, depicting the divine? 
Yeah, I, and that's a, that's difficult for me to answer, Veronica, because I don't know that intellectually I can give you an answer for that. I can only say that I have my own image in my mind of what I want to portray. And maybe um, I'm not saying that what I do, no one else has attempted to do or hasn't done. Um, I just do it my way. And what's your way? <laughs> um, I use certain aesthetics and I, I like to use a lot of drapery and props. And um, as I mentioned, most of my paintings are done outside. It's more uh capturing capturing a look capturing an essence and sometimes i don't even know if i'm doing it and i just do my best to put it on paper as best as i can and sometimes i'm more successful with that than others but it's certainly something that i continually pursue you know even if i try to copy like in, in the old days where we would copy paintings in art school, mm-hmm. um, it would still look like I did it, of course, mm-hmm. as with all painters, right? We have our, we have our own touch and I believe that's our, our own soul coming through. That's, uh, and so I know that it's not exactly the same because it's me speaking through that. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, my last question okay. <laughs> let's talk about um, collecting art i'd like to know how you decide what uh, you want to collect is there specific criteria or do you see it and you just want to get it what's your motivation behind art collecting it's all emotional <laughs> it's all emotional it's all very visceral um i collect what I love and I collect what speaks to me. As you know, I love your paintings. Thanks. I have, I have three of your paintings. Mm-hmm. And so collecting art to me, I was looking around my house. It's all portraiture. It's all figurative. It's all female. Mm-hmm. I'm very drawn to women who express the divine feminine through their own eyes. And that captivates me because it's all slightly different. Mm-hmm. That's what draws me to collecting. I want soulful, um, inspiring paintings of women around me. Does your husband support your habit? Yes, he does. And that's, I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for that. He understands how important that is to me. And uh, he's extremely supportive of, helping me in any way that he can. So I feel very lucky about that. That was Mm -hmm. rarely the case in my life. (laughs) That's very good to hear. Yes. Yeah. Um, Does he participate in uh, picking the pieces or it's, it's you buying art and. um, Well, a little bit of both. I'm, I'm very fortunate in the respect that, um, I pick the artwork, but, um, and I do most of my own purchasing, but there have been times when there has been a painting I have fallen in love with and Michael will purchase it for me because he knows how much it means to me. So, um, very lucky to have that kind of a man in my life. Yeah, that's very good to hear. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? Can I read a couple of quotes that I find inspiring? Mm-hmm. Because this is also something that 
um, I like to do and see what other artists have to say about the process of painting. So I'm going to put on my, my glasses so I can see what I'm reading. But here is uh, a quote from Pierre Mondrian, and it says, the position of the artist is humble. He is essentially a channel. Uh, or Jackson Pollock, every good painter paints what he is, right? Mm -hmm. No great artist ever sees things as they really are. If they did, they would cease to be an artist. <laughs> Ask the wild. What no. do you find meaning, meaningful in, for you um, reading those quotes? To me, it signifies that we're all connected, that we're all the same in our desire to portray the world visually. That's what that means to me. And to be part of that team, part of that group, although we all have our various ways to say it, to speak it, it's that drive, it's that drive to represent our world that we want others to see mm -hmm. that I just find very powerful. Very good. Elaine, I'd like to thank you for being on my show and taking your part. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Elaine. This has been so such a lovely experience for me, Veronica, and thank you for mm -hmm. um, taking this on and sure. making this happen. And it's a lot of fun. I actually feel happier when I when I do it. Uh, this is the way. <laughs> yes. 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 Exactly. Well, then you got to keep doing it. Yeah, I will. Good. All right. I so already have uh, several guests planned, and all of them are very good artists. Well, I, I again thank you for this opportunity. Nice chatting with you. Yeah. And um, till next time. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks so much for watching this video. If you have any questions, please leave a comment uh, below this video. Also, all the links are provided in the show notes. Uh, thanks so much for watching. Take care. Bye-bye.